Well, so I was like, remember, remember too, whenever uh, it was, we found the the German Scheiser porn. With, it was like the priest and the nun. And she kept going, Dominos, Dominos. And he like spreads his ass cheeks open and shits in her mouth. <laughs> Welcome back to the Joe Jatorium. You know who it is. It's Adam. It's Matt. We're decaying with the boys, and we steal championships faster than Becky Lynch. So right now, as you're listening to this, on this beautiful Sunday morning, Adam and I are serving up some of the best brews in the Berg at the North Hills Homebrew Fest. Yeah, you probably wish you could have been there, right? Well, have no fear, because the train just keeps on rolling, as Homebrew and Chill is scheduled to kick off on September 19th, 2021 at All Saints Brewing Company. Taking place during Greensburg Craft Beer Week, Homebrew and Chill will feature 20 homebrewers and over 60 different beers. Here's a breakdown of what's available. VIP tickets get you in from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. with light bites, collaboration beer tasting hour, and GCBW21 Tallboy Size Coolie. The general admission ticket gets you in from 3 to 6 p.m. Both sets of tickets get a signature tasting glass and can partake in live music, food trucks, and much, much more. So head on over to Eventbrite right now and search Homebrew and Chill. Tickets are getting low, so get yours right now. Just make sure you tell them the boys sent you. So, Adam, fresh off your tour, I should say right now, you, you were just on Hop Nation 216. You've graced me with your presence. I feel so blessed. How are you doing today? Hey, Mystic Matt, I have to say, you make a kid feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Hopefully I don't make you nervous like Reba in Uncle Tony's uh, hotel room. So that's all I'm really <laughs> aiming for. <laughs> doing good. Uh, busy. Uh, very, very excited about this Sunday or today when you people are listening to it. Um, yes. But yeah, just pumped. It, it's been a good week. Hectic week, but a good week. Yeah, man, you've really been slaying it on your side, just killing it in the uh, in the judge tour in there in the brew lab. I'm really I'm really excited to see what you do. There's no doubt in my brain that not only will you give the competition a run for their money, but I can really already taste the Jojinator coming off the taps at Penn. Ooh, yeah, this so uh, <laughs> this batch of it turned out really well. It's a little drier than the last one, a little less honey sweetness, but uh, the honey flavor is still in there. I'm I'm excited to get it out to the people. And I'm excited for you to get it out to the people. So a uh, little inside track here. Adam and I are at the uh, at our respective houses because Mystic Matt, Papa Anderson's on COVID restriction. So <laughs> I'm hanging out. You're yeah. out there licking too many handrails, sir. Yes. Yes. My, my wonderful nine to five put me in a predicament where I was exposed to somebody with significant symptoms. So for the safety of everybody, women, children alike, I'm staying at home. Because usually I scare them, and also I will now get them deathly sick. So we we all know the truth, though. You just wanted to be cool like Corey Taylor and uh, <laughs> Paul Stanley. <laughs> exactly. I want to cancel shit abruptly with no one knowing what's happening, and I don't want to give anybody refunds. So if you got a ticket to <laughs> this brew fest on Sunday and you did it because of me, I'm not giving you any fucking refunds. 
<laughs> so the best thing about us being at our homes is that we get to feature more beers. So Adam, we are in round one and we have a thick boy show today. So I got to know, what do you bring into round one beers? Yeah, man. I got the garden party from Brew Gentleman right here in Braddock, PA. Um, it is a cucumber. I'm going to say wheat. Hold on. Let me look up the stats on this real quick. I had them up. Yes, it is an American wheat beer brewed with cucumbers. So uh, us, us here at Brash Brew, we have a version of a cucumber wheat. Theirs is very tasty, uh, coming in at 5.2%. And I decided to have a little brew gentleman because it was announced over the last couple of weeks that they are doing a collab beer with Run the Fucking Jewels for Barrel and Flow Fest this year. Get um, out of here. So I am... I have my tickets for Barrel Flow already. I'm hoping, hoping, hoping. I looked at the tour calendar. Killer Mike might be at Barrel and Flow. They do not have a tour. Their tour is ending before Barrel and Flow. Dude, if Killer Mike gets on the scene, I that's gonna that's gonna set off Barrel and Flow even more than it already should be. But if Killer Mike's there, holy shit, man. Yeah, this could be. I mean, it's already gonna be an incredible year for Barrel and Flow, but yeah. could get even more incredible so congratulations to the brew gentleman for getting that collab congratulations to dave bracy for what looks like already going to be an incredible successful barrel and flow fest um can't wait to be there in a few weeks yeah dave bracy you're the man uh thank you so much for bringing a beer fest like this to the city of pittsburgh we need it uh and if you want to ha- find out what's happening with brew gentlemen just search them out brew gentlemen on all social media they are cooking up stuff on the weekly and they have great food trucks, great location, great staff, super cool to talk to. So check them out. So I went in the opposite direction of you. I went to North Country Brewing and that's right out of Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. And I decided to bring in their PA Nectar, which is a honey India pale ale. Uh, this bad boy is uh, it's brewed up with Centennial, Cascade, Simcoe, and Citra hops, and it's conditioned with PA wildflower honey. So it's got a little bit of the notes that I like. It's no Joe Genator, but let me tell you, it's it's pretty tasty. Uh, and also, too, with North Country, you're going to find what's going on with them. Search them, out, search them out on social media. They're always putting things up. Their beers are always good. Uh, their Kolsch is always extraordinary. Uh, not a bad beer from this place. So I'm going to pour this up uh, and get an idea here of what's going on. Already the color looks awesome. And it smells on point. It's exactly what you want. Oh, yeah. That's what you're looking nice. for. Nice little head on there. And one of one of their team is on another podcast we really like. Halloween is forever. Meg. Is from That's right. Up North Country. Speaking of which, everybody, just uh, give Brutal Beer Fest a follow on social media again. If you if you decide to not. Uh, yeah. Steve dropped a little hint on Hop Nation. I'll drop a little hint here. Follow Brutal Beer Fest. Usually, I'll say this. Whenever Steve says to follow something, he actually means it because he wouldn't waste words by anything else. So, you know, give him a follow. Wink, wink. Maybe the gears are turning. <laughs> maybe 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 like whenever darby allen made references to cm punk yes <laughs> maybe maybe bash brew will be tagging at brutal beer fest for every picture he posts for me i'm gonna write bbf on the base of my shoes so people can see it when i'm out in the wild <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, i'll do the same 
So speaking of the best in the world, CM Punk returned. And that's one of the biggest reasons why we do podcasts like this, because we love professional wrestling and we love things like this. So CM Punk made his return on AEW Rampage in front of a live crowd in Chicago. The pop was extraordinary. His promo was on point and he has caused nothing but positive seismic waves in the wrestling community. This is incredible. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and it's I think it's just going to keep getting better. Um, was already excited for All Out, now even more excited. Uh, just a huge pop. Uh, did a great job welcoming the fans back and bringing himself back into the fold. Even got a promo in against Darby Allen that didn't seem forced or corny, and uh, and got out in a tidy like twenty minutes. <laughs> but yeah. freaking awesome! Oh, and he stage dove off the ramp into the crowd in chicago which is freaking awesome and he gave everybody ice cream who doesn't love yes. ice cream yes uh so good seeing him back and and with a smile on his face that was yes comforting one of the things he talked about was falling in love with wrestling when he was in ring of honor which if you haven't seen his matches from roh go back they're on youtube or if you have like me you have a sling you can go on the stadium channel and see them on demand you can see cm punk's matches um, he said that when he was Ring of Honor, he fell in love with it. When he went to WWE, he kind of just dealt with it, and now he's back in love with it. Um, and you can see it in his eyes. Um, and I have to give credit to the 10% of people that listen to us who said that he would come out and face Darby Allen <laughs> uh, for his first his first matchup. We got uh, AEW writers listening to us. We do. We got those dirt sheet writers <laughs> that WWE keep kicking out of all their shows. So, as you said, CM Punk is going to take on Darby Allen at All Out on September 5th, 2021. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic match because it's quite literally uh, two completely over guys going after it. I don't see anything cheesy happening. No outside interference. It should be a good, hard-fought match. Uh, Sting will be ringside, and who knows who's going to be on the side for CM Punk. Maybe Daniel Bryson. I don't know. But it's going to be a great, great match. I can't wait to see it is. I've already purchased my pay-per-view. I can't wait to watch it. Can I tell no. you, I now have a match that I want CM Punk to be in after Darby Allen. It can even be on TV, but yeah. I think they should do it on pay-per-view. They got to do him versus Colt Cabana at some point. Oh, yeah. For all the legal fees. <laughs> <laughs> have Big Money Matt put up a briefcase of cash. There you go. Bring it all together. The, the Hardy family uh, organiz- Hardy family office will be out there. And, yeah. So maybe hopefully uh, Cole Cabana can recoup all the money he lost for getting sued. Uh, so when all this went down, AEW Rampage actually competed with the uh, ratings from Raw and SmackDown. So Rampage came in at 1.129 million with a 0.53 in the 18 to 49, 49 demographic, which was like the sweet spot. In comparison to SmackDown, who came in at 2.102 million with a 0.57. So what you really look at here is that while Rampage had less less people overall, they had more quality listeners than SmackDown, who had overall overall numbers but less quality watch. So it's amazing that one person was injected into AEW and they really took it to the next level. They're seeing over a million viewers, not only on rampage, but then this following this past Wednesday, they had over a million for dynamite. Yeah, man. Uh, huge. 
I will say that Rampage made a dent in <laughs> SmackDown's numbers. I mean, they are not opposing each other directly. Rampage is on as SmackDown's ending. So, um, but that's still a hell of a number for 10 p.m. on a Friday night. Yeah. You're talking about the resurgence of professional wrestling. AEW was like on the cusp of being something fantastic. And now they've, they've just gone to the next level. So you have some phenomenal wrestling all throughout the week. And AEW truly now competes on a weekly basis with the product coming from WWE. Um, but that didn't help. That didn't make Roman Reigns feel any better because he had put out a message saying that he believes CM Punk doesn't quote move the needle. Um, and then he doubled down on that after the rampage numbers came out versus the SmackDown numbers, because I don't think Roman understands what percentages, what percentages are. And that's okay because he's the big dog. He just shows up, doesn't learn anything and leaves. So uh, it's, it's fantastic to see everyone <laughs> doing what they need to do. And all these promotions are doing fantastic. And speaking of all these promotions, they all put on phenomenal cards this past weekend, we we were treated to a nonstop action weekend. So, Adam, we got to go back and look at some of these cards. So let's start with SummerSlam. Uh, there's some ups and some downs. And I was able to get pretty much the whole match card here. And let's just break it down real quick. You cool with that? Sounds good. Let's start with at the bottom. <laughs> oh, gosh. I've For the sake of not destroying our listeners lives i'm going to start with number one match from the pre-show and then work my way down because if i started with the bad they would just turn the podcast off (laughs) (laughs) or listen forever because yes papa's got papa's got some rants coming prepare yourselves grab that coffee so on the pre-game show you had biggie taking on uh baron corbin and just a pretty straightforward match uh Definitely, you can see that Big E and, uh, and Corbin have a decent chemistry together. They know how to work together. Uh, great singles match to kick off a card, especially one that's supposed to be filled with a lot of uh, a lot of roller coaster events. Clocking in at six minutes and thirty five seconds, perfect amount of time for these two to go after each other. It only perpetuates how over Big E is and the character for Baron Corbin, who we lovingly called Crackhead Corbin last week. Um, apparently, now he's rich. So he went to Vegas and won a bunch of money. So now he's Rich Corbin, or what'd you call him? Was uh, uh, Chicken Corbin. Cordon Blue? Yeah, Chicken Chicken Corbin, Corbin Blue. Blue. So Chicken Corbin Blue, <laughs> uh, despite losing to uh, to Biggie, now he's rich. He's going to come back as some debutante or something. <laughs> I I hope it all turns on him and he loses all of his winnings and just gets even more depressed. Because I love Sad Corbin. I do love Sad Corbin as well. Wouldn't it be cool, too, if he got, like, taken, like, Gold Digger style? Like, you could just get 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 someone to come out and, like... Dewdrop. Uh, Dewdrop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Dewdrop or Carmella or something like that just comes out like, Hey, Baron, heard you got a lot of money, man. So, moving on to the first match of the actual card here. It's RK Bro with Randy Orton and Riddle taking on AJ Styles and Omos, who uh, AJ, of course, and Omos were bringing him the championships here. So this is for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Um, kind of kind of was written on the wall from the moment that RK Bro really like solidified on the go-home show that they were right. going to take these belts, which finally, I'm going to say this, uh, I think WWE finally got it right. Put your finger on the pulse of the thing that's hot right now. 
uh, give the titles to them because if you look at it, it, it's you have Randy Orton and Riddle, and they're definitely not always seeing eye to eye. So you could possibly get a very quick turn, uh, Randy Orton taking out Riddle, or finally seeing Riddle go full heel and embody Randy Orton and start taking people out. Uh, lots of good options from this. I thought it was a good idea by WWE again. Put the belts on them. Yeah, um, the match was okay. I thought it was pretty decent for a WWE tag match. Uh, don't understand why RK Bro is popular, but they are. And like you said, WWE has their finger on the pulse. Good job putting the titles on them. I hope this doesn't go into a back and forth program between the two because I'd love to see AJ Styles like just have some singles matches again. Um, and get out of the tag scene for a while. So yeah. I think everything coming out of this is a positive. Other than I still don't understand why, why everybody likes RK Bros so much. But this is better than Riddle riding around on a scooter every week. So keep it going. <laughs> I think it's the uh, different strangers kind of, you know, or perfect strangers kind of motif. Like you just have the, the messy guy. The clean guy, like, oh, I got the psycho psychopath and the stoner. This will work yeah. out really well. <laughs> that's, that's like me and you in college. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. And still now. <laughs> yeah. So we move on to our first abomination of the card. Uh, Alexa Bliss took on Eva Marie with Dewdrop as her side cart. This match thank goodness was only for three minutes and 50 seconds but i can only tell you that i personally felt that it was three minutes and 50 seconds too long uh alexa bliss defeats eva by, by pinfall and it is clear as day that eva marie does not have it she does not have the in-ring technician skills to carry a match with a veteran like alexa bliss yeah uh yeah. i'm gonna talk to Vince a couple times during this recap of the SummerSlam yeah. card. And this is one of them. Vince, why did you bring Eva Marie back? She was bad when she left. She got no better. Over yeah, she her got worse, actually. Away. Yeah, and now she's terrible. Um, yeah, just a bad match. Uh, felt really bad for the match following this just because of how bad this was. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, it, it's funny, too, because like fast forward to... Uh, the next night when Alexa Bliss came out and she's going to start challenging Charlotte Flair for a title, which makes more sense because Charlotte Flair is a showman. She can carry it. She can carry a belt. And Alexa Bliss can put on fantastic matches. Um, how terribly glaring is it now for Eva Marie that she went from uh, feuding with Alexa Bliss. Now she's going to feud with Dewdrop, who is not even arguably better than Eva. She outclasses Eva in the ring, despite the fact that she's not as great either. So you're going to see uh, a lower mid-level feud go on between Eva and Dewdrop, and that's going to take up so much time on Raw, but that's what we're going to see now from this match. Yeah, and hopefully it doesn't affect Dewdrop's eventual push at some point. Like, I hope she doesn't really go down with the ship on this one, but... Well, That's if I could ever pick a if I could pick a whirlpool and name it, I would say it would be called Eva Marie because I think anything that gets involved with her is just going down the tubes like a toilet bowl. I'll stink uh, everything. Yeah. You can't put her back at NXT. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. So we move on to a match that I thought was fantastic. Damian Priest taking on Sheamus for the uh, United States Championship here. They gave these guys a ton of time to really expand on the rivalry that that grew very quickly 
but it flourished here. Uh, you really got to, so you really got to see Sheamus as an in-ring tactician. Like he really knows what he's doing and he knows how to carry young talent, but I didn't think he needed to. Damian Priest really held his own in this match. Yeah, this was a slug fest. Um, just hard hitting, pretty quick paced. I would have liked the match to be a little bit shorter if I have any criticism of it. Um, but Sheamus looked incredible. Damian Priest looked great. Uh, like the outcome, like that Damian Priest is getting that push up the card after being stuck with the Miz and Morrison for far too long. Um, RIP. Yeah. So, <laughs> so go for it. No more Bad Bunny US Championship. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Damian Priest, kudos to you. And also, Seamus, cannot wait to see what you do next. Uh, anybody you're going to put with either one of these guys, it's going to be a, a real treat unless it's even Marie. And then it'll just kill kill him. So <laughs> even Marie, you'll be the butt of my jokes throughout this episode. So buckle up if, if you ever listened. But I don't think you will because you don't like cool stuff. So moving on to the next match here, we have the Usos. Of course, Jay and Jimmy taking on the Mysterios, Ray and Dominic, for the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship title belts. These, these matches are hands down some of the best spot tag team matches I've seen. It's not true cycling tag team matches but if you want to see more of like the indie style spot wrestling i think the usos and the mysterios put that kind of match on and this match was no different uh you saw enough high flying from all parties involved but you also got to see some of the the hard sells that ray mysterio is known for that dude could get flicked in the chest and sell like he got hit by a gunshot and he put that on display. Uh, wonderful job here, despite the fact that they're losing by the Mysterios. I, mean, I think Dominic really showed some improvements in this match. Did a lot of single stuff that he wasn't doing in prior matches. So I'm not so mad now that Usos have the belts because they appear to be wrestling at full steam. I loved Rey Mysterio's work in this one, and Dominic really impressed me. Yeah, this was a great match. I, I echo what you say. Dominic really had his bumping boots on. He was He was selling wonderfully uh big improvement since he started uh and yeah great high-flying tag match i can't say anything more than what you said i agree with you wholeheartedly on this one my goodness we should mark this down in decaying history (laughs) (laughs) so we move on to another point of contention here so it was supposed to be sasha banks versus bianca belair for the smackdown women's championship now Leading up to this, the wrestling fans, we're not stupid. We know what's going on. Sasha Banks is not going to be there for this match. But we're all wondering who's coming in. Who's going to take the mantle for this one? So you you initially had Carmella come out. And it was like, ah, okay, not what I wanted. But Bianca Belair and Carmella put on fantastic matches before. So I was like, at least it'll be a watchable match. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and, of course, Becky Lynch's music hits. And I'm like, oh, shit. As a fan, I'm thinking, make it a three-way dance or somehow get Carmella out of there, which is what happened. Becky Lynch beats the ever-living piss out. Another one of the pride of Pittsburgh, Carmella, gets her out of the ring. And then your mouth is salivating because you're thinking, oh, Jesus. You're seeing an icon in Becky Lynch taking on the the fiery up-and-coming face of the women's division, Bianca Belair. And then... Becky goes full hill, defeats Bianca Belair in 26 seconds with two moves. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, it's a squandered opportunity. You could have had 
Of course, you could have had Becky win. That's fine. Not what I would do, but you could have. But have a fucking match. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you don't mind, Matt, I would like to speak to Vince again. I had already worn up the spotlight for you, and I'm just going to move it. Go ahead. All right, here we go. Hey, Vince, you senile raisin of a man. You fucked this up royally. Uh, You squandered Bianca Belair as an organic fan favorite for a half-assed return of your biggest star in the company. Not your biggest female star in the company. Your biggest fucking star. Bigger than Brock Lesnar, I would argue with anybody. Becky Lynch's return has been pined for for months, and you fucked it up. Um, To Bianca Belair, good for you looking genuinely upset and crying and angry while you were walking back up the ramp because you fucking should be because they fucking did her horribly wrong in this. And Vince, fuck you. Cause this is some lazy ass bullshit. And I'll be back to you <laughs> for a future women's match on this card. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Adam, I totally agree with you on this one. So we all knew insiders to me, let me know that Becky Lynch was always supposed to come back for SummerSlam. That was always the goal. They wanted to bring back a predominant, veteran figure and who better than i agree with you she is the top superstar in wwe she's completely over the title exchange was all vince's idea as becky lynch's hands hit the curtain he said you're taking the belt um clearly it's upset everybody uh us included and i think there's a lot of there's a lot of concern here for how this is going to be viewed going forward if Becky Lynch does not give Bianca Belair a return match. So I can only hope that's going to happen because if it doesn't, you're going to see some some fireworks. It's not going to go well for the WWE stock, if you know what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, the, the only thing I'm – it's really the silver lining, and it's real thin. But the silver lining is that Becky's on SmackDown. I do like that decision. Because Raw is just cloudy right now. So um, I do Raw's agree going, with that. But everything else was executed terribly. Raw is drowning to the point where the networks that air the cards are feuding with each other because SmackDown's getting all the attention. Yeah. SmackDown got Becky and not to spoil what's coming up, but Brock now too. So yeah. Yeah, what the fuck's Raw's in the fucking dirt right now? They got nothing right now. Uh, so a hard match to follow up on because it was so abysmal. Uh, poor Drew McIntyre was trying to dig out the hole with Jinder Mahal. Uh, it's a singles match where Veer and uh, Shanky were both banned from ringside, which I think is a good thing here uh, because I really wanted to see these two go out. They put on good matches, but like most matches that I want to see, this one was just kind of it's boring, yeah. under five minutes. Very cut and dry. Uh, And, of course, you just know Drew McIntyre is going to bring home the victory. Where it goes from here, I don't know. But there was no point in this match happening the way that it did. You could have held off. This this is a very, like, not pay-per-view match, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, Hi, Vince. Uh, Just popping in real quick. Could you? (laughs) I'm here to challenge you this time. Could you make me care less about Drew McIntyre? Because I don't think it's possible. That's what you're doing to your former champion. So, yeah, your former champion that you emasculated uh, on several occasions and making him look like he was nothing because you're on a crusade to knock down NXT talent and Drew McIntyre was on your hit list. 
Uh, speaking of people on the hit list, but one that's prevailed here, Charlotte Flair, Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley went on for a triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship. Um, you wish it wasn't going to happen, but Charlotte Flair defeats Nikki and Ripley. Uh, she actually submitted Nikki with a figure, a figure eight. She calls it the figure eight when she arches her back. Um, yeah. It's a cool submission. The match was decently paced. I thought all women got in great uh, offense on this. They did a great job of cycling the women through. Uh, I never felt like at any one time that anybody was like completely unbeatable. No one stood as like a monolithic figure in this whole thing. Everyone seemed kind of uh, vulnerable, which is what you want in a triple threat match. You want the feeling of anyone that can win. And I was rooting for Nikki because I think that she's in a great spot to really carry some positivity with that belt. Um, but unfortunately, like I said, Charlotte Flair was able to work on the knee a little bit, get Nikki into a vulnerable position, and then lock in the figure eight for a submission victory. And she is now a 12-time Raw Women's Champion. Woo. So uh, I'll <laughs> another rant coming up, and I'll just throw a disclaimer on this one. The views of Adam Bashline are not shared or exclusively the views of the Kane podcast. Starting to lose you again. Hey, now Ray's and Vince. What's up? Um, you just me. Okay. Hey, real Hold quick. On. Just talking up. Yeah. Go back to your disclaimer and start from there. Okay. 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 Go. Oh, yeah, this match. So, quick disclaimer before I rant again uh the views of adam bashline are not the joint or uh views of the decay with the boys podcast i am saying this as adam bashline and i'm addressing you again senile raisin how you doing you took the title off a child-friendly creative character that was made by your superstar that young women could look up to so you give the title back to a woman that throws temper tantrums the bolt-on barbie to appease her uh, and guess what, Vince? It's not going to work. Charlotte's leaving as soon as her contract's up because you fired her old man, you fired her fiance. She doesn't want to be here. So go ahead. You can put the title on her more times than her father has years left on this earth, and she's still going to fucking leave. So fuck off. And uh, just in parting, this is my last rant for you, Vince. Uh, go away. You're a stupid, misogynistic piece of shit. And no one wants you here anymore. So fucking retire and enjoy your retirement. I really hope you die choking on a steak your first day retired. Bye. I know he said that we weren't sharing ideas, but I said all that with him. I'm with him a thousand percent. That's good shit. That's good shit. Unbelievable. Nikki A.S.H. Something organic, something again that the fans, as silly as it looks, something the fans could attach to something young women can look up to besides somebody who gets plastic surgery every three months and nah, fuck that. And she's over and she's over. That's the yeah. other thing about it. She's so over. Uh, and also too, your other option here, Rhea Ripley is also not another bad idea. A very confident woman who's strong and adamant about her position in, in this in this industry i mean you had two great options you put it on charlotte flair who i agree within the year by 2022 
sometime in there, she's going to be somewhere else, probably AEW, unless Tony yeah. Khan comes to his senses and doesn't sign her up. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know how long her current contract is, but once it's over, she's gone. Yeah, she's not opinion. coming back. Like, why, yeah. why would she stay? She doesn't have to. She's already made all the money. She's already won all the championships. She keeps getting spoon-fed stuff. So unless you want to stick around and be the most hated, predominant champion of all time next to John Cena, don't do it. Go do go do it somewhere else where the the smart fans the smart fans know what know what goes on and the smart fans have said we don't want you as a champion we want you competing we want you doing the things that you do but you holding a title does not make this division better it just doesn't um so going on from that match onto a match that I absolutely loved this was a great match Edge taking on Seth Rollins in a singles match and again. There were hits and misses here on this card, and this was a hit. A bop, as the kids would say. Adam from Hop Nation has confirmed that for me. Also, a slap. So, Edge took on Seth Rollins, two completely skilled men. One is a edgy veteran. <laughs> Get it? Oh, who's that? I'm here. <laughs> and then Seth Rollins, the guy who was able to plug himself into any role he's been given and excel in that. He's been in a trio with the Shield. He's been the, the Monday Night Messiah. And now he is just some fucking pair of clown shoes that antagonizes everybody and declares that it's his time for a title shot. He's doing it all well. This match was cool, but I got to say, Adam, my favorite part of this whole thing is Edge came out to the brood music. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I agree with you. This is my match of the night. I know we don't have that on the notes, but I will claim this is my match of SummerSlam right here. Um, do you agree? And if I have to nitpick anything, the action in the ring was great. Everything was great. The edge brood entrance was great, but I wish he would have just stuck with it all the way down in the ring. As soon as Alter Bridge kicked on, as soon as he got like off the stage, I was like, ah, fuck. That, well, it was good while it lasted. Yes, and I can agree with that. Uh also, too, another side piece of this, I have something I, I was able to get my hands on this morning. I was reading that Edge's brood entrance actually ruined Gangrel's booking with AEW. Uh, apparently, Tony Khan was going to bring Gangrel in for like a one off kind of thing to kind of like to have a little bit of fun, as Tony Khan likes to do. And with Edge coming out to the brood music, Gangrel knew if we did it, everyone would be like, Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. So, right. TK canceled it. But I hear, though, good guy TK still paid Gangrel a lot of that money, despite the fact that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Good job. Because I think Gangrel was like already in route and everything. So TK's like, here's some money. So sorry. We can't do it. And Edge and Gangrel talked on the phone about it. And they both agreed the spot was really fucking cool. But Edge felt very bad about taking away Gangrel's uh, ability to wrestle again. Yeah, can't. I mean, just happenstance like you can't really blame anybody for that 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 sucks for gangrel but yeah yeah whoops (laughs) yeah and then going from uh some veterans i wanted to see to some veterans i never wanted to see uh bobby lashley bringing in his championship with mvp as a sidecar took on goldberg for the wwe championship and this match was everything i wished it would have been and more clocking in at seven minutes and ten seconds Bobby Lashley beat Goldberg by a fucking referee stoppage because that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, unfreaking believable. Um, it was a it was a bad match. Uh, Goldberg was safe as hell. 
almost beeled Bobby Lashley right on his neck. Um, the best part of it was after the bell, Goldberg's son gets in and jumps on Lashley's back and got a little, uh, got, got put in the hurt lock or whatever they're calling it. Um, that was my favorite part of the match. Yeah. So, but the bad thing about that is it looks like it's going to continue now. So, yeah. Ouch. This is going to set up the rematch that nobody asked for. Um, but then again, too, as we've said before, Vince McMahon relies heavily on legends because he thinks they move the needle a la Roman Reigns. Uh, nobody won this match. Nobody wants a rematch. Everybody wants to see Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. But as we go into the next match, we're going to see that that ain't happening. So, Roman Reigns took on John Cena for the Universal Championship. And, of course, Roman Reigns comes down with the ultimate hype man, Paul Heyman. Uh, This was a match I was really looking forward to because I admittedly don't like Roman Reigns. I don't think I'm in short company here. I'm not a big fan of him. I never really have been. I think that the company has tried on numerous occasions to get him into a spotlight and he's done well with this head of the table thing, but he should be leagues ahead of where he is right now going against John Cena, who like him or hate him. He's the best part-time wrestler that's ever grazed the squared circle. That dude has the mic skills. He's always in shape and he has no problem selling out for the company. So um, John, John Cena put on a hell of a match here. And not to say that Roman Reigns didn't, but I think if anything, John Cena took an ass whooping in the first half and then rebounded in the second half. And then they did the thing that they knew they had to do was have Roman Reigns be so much stronger than the comeback to squash him down to get the pinfall, which what you want to see because you don't want a part time or holding the belt. But for Christ's sake, man, make the match a little more equitable and make it fun for the fans. It, it was it was like two squash matches in one. 23 minutes of a squash match. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a little too long. I get it being long because, you know, Cena's back, but, um, yeah, just a tad bit long and the whole him getting beaten down and just working for the roll up for the whole first 75% of the match was getting boring and yes. kind of a weird way to book the match. Um, but yeah, a good match. Cena, I agree, is the best part timer they ha- they can go to right now. Um, and then at the end, we got a uh, man bun Brock coming out. Yes, as one thick man with a man bun. Now I appreciate another thick man with a man bun. He came out uh, looking uh, like in his best shape ever. He, he's looking great for his age. Uh, he's looking great in general, but. The good stare down between Roman Reigns and uh, Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman deciding (laughs) he's like the stepdad. He's like, my real kid came back. What the (laughs) fuck am I supposed to do now? (laughs) So just seeing those two square up and then the true pit bull that Brock Lesnar is, he completely destroys John Cena for Roman Reigns. Like, look what I did in seconds that you couldn't do in 23 minutes. Right. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, he was he was looking good. Um, and let's not lie, we've all seen Roman and Brock before. But the interesting yes. thing in this is now they're switched. Brock has now come back basically in the face roll. So yes. I am interested to see what happens here. 
insiders are saying that Brock is going to take a babyface uh, role throughout this entire run of his contract, which is rumored to be somewhere around eight matches. So we already know the first one's going to be against Roman Reigns. From there, we don't know where it's going to go. But the contract, the only thing that's solid right now out there that I can find is that it is for eight matches at the very least, which is a lot of matches for Brock because usually he's like a four-match kind of guy. It spans mm-hmm. over about a year. So there's a possibility with eight matches, he can hold a belt. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, although I, I don't know if I really want, I kind of want this to end up with Rollins versus Reigns, but the problem is they're both heel right now. So I don't yeah. know how you're going to get there, but um, yeah, well, I wouldn't be upset if he ends up getting the title for a little bit. Where the fuck is Cesaro? <laughs> uh, he was serving popcorn at SummerSlam right here. Uh, the poor Swiss Superman. He just that you need a new. Just get the fuck out of there, dude. You could be you could be the the new Matt Cardona right now, just taking over different different. Come on, man. He just look for his initials on punk shoes. Exactly. Just go out there and and look. Matt Matt Cardona got the GCW Heavyweight Championship by beating Nick freaking Gage in a hardcore champ, and like he's selling more merch now as a GCW champion. Oh, I just hope everyone gets paid, us included. So we go from SummerSlam, uh, which I'll give a grade of a B, a B minus, I would say. <laughs> You're nice. I'm going to say a B minus only because even in some of the matches that weren't completely over, I think that you had some highlights here. Most notably, like you said, the Edge and Seth Rollins match was fantastic. I really did enjoy the tag match with the Usos and the Mysterios. I thought Priest and Sheamus put on a good match and the RK bro AJ Styles almost match was fantastic. So you have those that are really strong. And I thought that the Roman Reigns and John Cena match was serviceable. But it's not going to bring it up to, you know, a grade my mom would be proud of. So I'm going to say B minus right now. Yeah, I'll uh, be a little more critical than you. I liked, like you said, I like the same matches, but that is five out of 11 matches. I'll round that up to saying it's half. So uh, I'll give it a C. Yeah. I don't count those matches that were less than five minutes. (laughs) Oh, they count. They count to me. They count to me, damn it. They're real to me, damn it. It's real. It's still real to me, damn it. So we go from a card that was pretty, pretty long and had some highs and lows to a card that I thought was solid all the way through. So on Sunday, we saw NXT TakeOver 36 hit, and there were some significantly important matches here that it's going to tell how nxt is formed over the next couple months because we know it's going through a revamp so you can kind of see the way some of these matches were uh, decided are going to decide how nxt will be moving forward so we kicked off here in the pre-show with ridge holland with pete dune uh defeating uh trey baxter by pinfall it was a singles match it was super quick it was really to get ridge holland just over quick like just push him up yeah just push him super quick and also uh, Pete Dune, you really want him to get his push because he just got signed to a new contract. They want him to be one of the figureheads of NXT moving forward, which is understandable because he's a phenomenal wrestler. And as we'll see later on, there are some vital pieces that have left or are about to leave. So yeah, for singles match, he, he might be my second favorite. <laughs> yeah, he's going to have to be. Uh, now, that, uh, now that somebody might be gone. Yeah. Yes. 
so very serviceable match. Congratulations, Ridge Holland. Uh, you're going to be up there too with Pete Dune, and it's going to work out for you guys. So just stick with that formula, and I think you guys are going to go really far. Uh, so th- this card was just stacked up. So the first match here we saw was uh, Cameron Grimes with Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man as a sidecar, taking on the L.A. Knight. Uh, so this is for the million-dollar championship. And had Grimes lost, DBS would have to become Knight's Butler, which my childhood wouldn't be able to handle watching Ted DiBiase be anybody's servant to any degree whatsoever. Um, this match was great. Grimes and Knight know how to go. They've had several matches, and each match has been great. But I think it really culminated here with a solid match that went over 16 minutes, lots of trading action, and you got to see Ted DiBiase get involved enough not overly but just enough that's what you wanted uh i really enjoyed this and of course cameron grimes wins he vanquishes the la knight so they can finally put an end to this million dollar championship dispute um the best thing i like about this is that uh ted db or cameron grimes tried to give the belt back to ted dibiase at one point after and Ted DiBiase said, no, you keep it. Then gave him a replica belt. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the DiBiase, uh, not interference, interaction, I guess. Yeah. He put on the lightest million dollar dream I've ever seen. And LA Knight just started like dancing, <laughs> like, like he was struggling to get out. But I mean, I could have drove my car through that gap in that, in the chokehold there. But um, it was, it was a fun match. How much of that do you think it was Ted DiBiase not wanting to do too much to LA Knight, or it was just the arthritis in DiBiase's arm that wouldn't let him get it all the way around to LA Knight's neck? It was either th- it was either that or maybe like a height disadvantage. Like maybe LA Knight was just too tall for him to completely wrap up. I don't know what it was. It, it, I have no no clue because I mean it's really just giving somebody a hug. It's not like yeah. you really had to squeeze. You just had to close your arm a little bit more. Yeah, but it is what it is. <laughs> Everybody's got a price, and Ted DiBiase needs to pay the price to get that that whole orthoscopic surgery on his elbow so he can lock that thing up a little tighter. So we move on to a fantastic women's match. NXT is just killer for women's matches, and this is not unlike any of the matches I've seen before. Raquel Gonzalez taking on Dakota Kai for the NXT Women's Championship. Now, leading up to this, Gonzalez and Kai were in a bit of a... They were in a team. They were working well together, and Kai had said something along the lines of, like, as long as I'm by your side, you'll never lose the championship. And then the inevitable turn, of course, which set up this very quickly, by the way, set this match up. And I I was kind of skeptical. Didn't think it was going to deliver as well as it did. But, damn it, these two can put on a show. Great offense from both women. Uh, Raquel can really show off her strength advantage and Dakota really showed off her ability to use the ropes and and turnbuckles for her style. It was a great clash of styles. And I think there was enough hard hitting and enough high flying to keep the fans engaged, me included. So clocking in at 12 minutes and 24 seconds, I, I don't think there was a wasted second in this match. I really enjoyed it. No, I agree. And I, I mean, I have a huge crush on Dakota Kai. I think she's awesome. Uh, And yeah, this match was, Hard hitting, uh, very smooth. Went a good amount of time. I didn't think it was too long. I was interested the whole time. Um, best women's match of the weekend, in my opinion. So by by a long shot. 
Yeah, couldn't agree with that more. I really think that NXT does it right. This The card in general was very shaved down, but for good reason, because they gave a lot of these matches room to breathe. They allowed every one of these wrestlers to really expand on what they wanted to accomplish in these matches. Even that two-minute fight to open up the match, you really wanted to see them have that squash, and that was a true squash. It felt brutal. Um, speaking of brutal, the NXT United Kingdom Championship was on the line between Dragunov and Walter. Walter, of course, bringing this strap in. Now, Walter is known for these completely brutal chops and slaps and if you check out our social media i put up a picture of dragonov whenever he was done he looked like freddy krueger from the neck down he was completely jacked up by walter this match went over 22 minutes and it was I, that's how they do it in the uk i guess it's just more brutal than new japan very stiff very hard hitting this match had me saying, oh, my God, enough times where I thought I was actually going to go to church on Sunday. This one was a banger. The ending was fantastic, and it sets up so much more for Walter after losing that strap. So, And, and actually, too, surprisingly enough, Walter was submitted by Dragunov, which Walter's never been submitted before in the ring. He's only been pinned one time. So like the modern UK Goldberg gets defeated by the scrappy underdog. And I couldn't have loved this. This is my match of the weekend. I'm picking this one. Fantastic show by these two. Again, got to agree with you match of the weekend. Uh, You got the, the little scrappy Russian against the big, scary German, you know, Matt doesn't like big, scary Germans, everybody. So uh, yeah, it was hard hitting, um, super brutal. Their first match and their first encounter together was one of my favorite matches of the last couple months. Uh, this one topped it. This was incredible. Um, lots of false finishes, lots of close uh, calls where you thought Walter was taking it. They booked it beautifully. Uh, a flawless match. It started a little slow, but that's only because they were going to do 22 minutes of hard-hitting craziness. Um so, yeah, I can't hold the uh, slower first three minutes against them. They were just uh, building anticipation to something that was great. Yes, and they built they built to a just cataclysmic end that was beautiful. Just great bit of wrestling here. Uh, I know we can't always have it like that, but if we did, everyone would be a wrestling fan. It, it, would, it would know no bounds. So we move on to a match here that I was really excited for. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly taking on Adam Cole. This is a two out of three falls match, which are traditionally fantastic matches. Historically, these things have been, these and Iron Man matches have been fantastic. So clocking at 25 minutes and 20 seconds, we saw three different bouts between O'Reilly and Cole. uh, And this one had significant implications to the future of NXT moving forward. So, Fall one saw traditional wrestling. So this was uh, this was like kind of letting both guys excel in in-ring work. They were working well off the ropes. There were some stiff shots there, but not as many as you thought you were going to see in this kind of a, in this fall anyway. Uh, I really like the spots that O'Reilly was getting Cole into with some near falls and then getting that nice little roll up style pin by O'Reilly to get the first uh the first count on the falls that really helped set the tone for the desperation by Cole 
uh, really liked fall one here going to O'Reilly because I think that set up what happened in fall two. Don't you agree? I do agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, fall two saw the street fight where Cal O'Reilly's crumple physics were in full effect. Um, he took a beating, was selling his ribs, uh, like the, like he had a broken rib for the whole second fall. For the remainder of the match, he had to sell that. Um, and just an awesome street fight uh, ends up with him taking that unreal bump off the top rip onto two chairs, like standing up. Um, and then and then uh, Adam Cole taking the, the win by pinfall. Yes. For the second. And then fall. all the confidence of Cole going into the steel cage. Now, the best thing about this, too, that I really, really enjoyed is that O'Reilly, I actually thought that there was a, a stoppage. I was, I was looking for the referee X a lot because they did a good job of kind of like separating them out so they could both catch their breath. Because at this point, they're, they're about 17 or so minutes in of hard wrestling. So they yeah, got to get your breath a little bit. So uh, O'Reilly, again, selling injuries like a champ. He's in the corner, crumpled. Uh, Cole's over there talking enough shit to fill a theater with. Um, and finally, you can kind of see where the referee signals over to Cole that, like, we're good to go from here. And Cole stands up and says, well, it, it's it's fucking on now as the cage clicks into place, which I love the way NXT does it, how it folds in. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, so cool. And it all clicks into place, and the steel cage is in place. And then you have Cole just going right at O'Reilly. You just feel all the momentum uh, for Adam Cole. He is destroying O'Reilly. O'Reilly's getting some offense, but he's really getting his ass handed to him. And it all just kind of builds this huge climax where Adam Cole brings out a set of handcuffs. And you're thinking, this is it. He's going to handcuff O'Reilly. He's going to either climb out of the cage or just beat the shit out of him until O'Reilly gives up. But of course, in true Adam Cole fashion, he gets overzealous, gets a little too close to his submission machine that is O'Reilly and gets put in a knee bar. And then yeah. Cole taps out. So O'Reilly takes two out of three and wins the the rubber match between these two. Um, fantastic. All three falls. Great storytelling. Great match pacing. Great job by O'Reilly selling his, his injuries. And great job by Adam Cole really overselling a, in a positive way his overzealousness to beat O'Reilly he really wanted to sink his teeth into this one and he just went too far it was perfect I really enjoyed this one yeah those strikes being thrown by Cole to O'Reilly after he was handcuffed were snug as hell too it looked really good um but yeah, yeah great match uh I would have been my match of the night if it didn't follow the dragon off Walter fight but uh it did sorry for that but my man won I like Kyle O'Reilly and uh, yeah. I wonder what Adam Cole's going to do next. I hear that there are some people getting a Ouija board together or some shit like that, trying to see if they can resurrect some ghosts. I hear that too. Yeah. There's spooky stuff out there. Hopefully young, uh, our friends over some at young Halloween, buck sales. some Halloween is forever stuff can happen over there. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, are then treated to a match that was serviceable to round out the show. You really could have taken any of the last two matches and made that the the, the main event, and I would have been happy. And yeah, yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe took on Karrion Cross 
for the NXT Championship. This was a very well-developed match. I think that the build-up to the match was spot on. Great job by Samoa Joe, kind of like coming out of an enforcer role to really take on a singles competitor's role, which is nice. Uh, and we kind of already knew that Karrion Cross was like looking forward to his swan song. He was already up in the main roster, losing to Jeff Hardy. Um, so this was going to happen. Um, of course, Samoa Joe defeats Karrion Cross by pinfall, which is very expected. Um, Samoa Joe, however, and I'm going to say this, and this might be blasphemous, he looked slow. He looked uneasy. He looked like he had a lot of ring rust. And that doesn't help Karrion Cross because he needs someone faster than him to make his strength look unbeatable. So you had two mountains going after each other. But the problem here is that Samoa Joe's foot mountain is crumbling and Karrion Cross's volcano tactics just weren't looking that hot. So good outcome because Karrion's got to take on his gimp fucking persona or whatever that's on raw he looks like he a castle of gray skull shit whatever he's doing so and then samoa joe has to take on the helm of being the nxt champion i just don't know if nxt can really sell to me that samoa joe is a viable champion for the foreseeable future yeah i think what happened here is they were trying to get really realistic with the striking game and it just wasn't snug enough especially and it just couldn't follow the rest of this card it was the weakest match on the card i would say um especially like in the build to the main event it just was in the wrong spot but it being for the title that's where it had to uh yes mojo really hit that muscle buster knocked uh good old carrying cross right into like some leather daddy power bottom on raw the next night so <laughs> have fun with that power of gray skull compels you <laughs> so i think it's easy to say you and i can agree here the match of this card is definitely the nxt uk championship match right yeah yeah and match of the yeah. as we both said match of the whole freaking weekend match of the, the weekend. only thing the only thing better than it in the whole weekend was punk returning on friday so yeah exactly and that's what we covered that first because there was nothing compared to that and also too let me just say this right now that crying fan that's out in the audience everyone's making fun of him and shit just stop let him have his moment that dude's like our age and he probably got flashback some cool high school moments he had watching cm punk and he just started letting it flow i've cried at worse some songs on the radio still get me teary-eyed so just leave the guy alone he's not doing anything crazy and i hope tommy dreamer found him because he's going to take him to the next impact pay-per-view get him to meet cm punk and all stuff god bless that dude i just hope that people just lay off of him 4chan needs to get burnt alive because the the vitriol that guy was getting on there by nameless fucking neck beards that live in their basements it was pissing me off man I, I I thought it was funny. <laughs> oh, I couldn't handle it, dude. I couldn't handle I, it. I did hear that Tommy Dreamer did find him, though. Good news. Oh, th- fantastic. Thank you, Uncle Tommy, for finding him and taking care of him. Um, also, too, Adam, I actually went viral on Reddit. I put the post up from Tommy Dreamer in Reddit, and I went viral in the AEW uh, Reddit. Oh, nice. Yeah. Finally, famous. No, I'm famous. It was all for like 10 minutes. I got like 3,000 updutes and a bunch of karma Whoa. and awards. I don't know how Reddit works. I just put things on there that I like. But apparently I someone said that I was viral. And I, I was like, okay, that's great. I What do I get then? They're like, well, nothing. I'm like, well, that guy nothing. cried and got tickets. <laughs> I don't get anything. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. 
So as we, uh, you know, go through all these things, you just got to know the boys bring you the best wrestling news in the biz from buckle to bell. So as we mentioned before, some of the uh, endings of the NXT matches are going to shape wrestling as it uh, continues. So is it Adam Cole to AEW confirmed? Or do we hold on to hope uh, that, or does WWE hold on to hope that they can re-sign him? Because after losing to Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole is noticeably absent from WWE Raw the following night, despite being heavily rumored to appear for the Red Brand after a quote-unquote productive meeting with Vince McMahon. It also goes on to say on the same night as Raw, he put on his Instagram and Twitter the Adam Cole boom movement that he always does to a, a large crowd. It looks like an NXT ring. So uh, Cole's, Cole's contract was allowed to lapse with a failure on the part of oversight from individuals involved in maintaining talent. And I've been told, too, that the individuals that were involved with him having his contract lapse have been terminated from the backstage area of WWE, as they should be. Uh, you can't let a talent like Adam Cole go to waste, and you clearly have done it because Vince McMahon does not pay attention to NXT, and it's showing. Um, so... As we alleged before, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and even Britt Baker have made several references and not only direct questioning, but in their social media. Most notably, Omega and the Bucks are using imagery from their BTE segments where they quote-unquote killed Cole before he joined NXT. And Kenny Omega's header on Twitter is all three men dressed as Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get a little seance -y. And uh, another update about this, as of this morning, Adam Cole has removed all WWE references from his social medias and has closed down his Twitter, uh, not Twitter, Twitch channel. It's so, happening. What's oh, going man. on? You know, it would be a good Twitch channel, him and Kenny Omega, maybe. I don't know. That would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, I tell you, one of the coolest pictures. I, so speaking of like crossover branding, too, before we go into something fun here, uh, the the picture of CM Punk doing MMA training with Alistair Black or Tom Meander, however you want to call him. That was Malachi a cool Black. Shot. Malachi, Malachi Black. Sorry, yeah. my bad. He he. Uh, <laughs> Excalibur oh, fought Excalibur. him fifteen. Excalibur fought him fifteen years ago in in Deutschland. And he called him a racist term for Dutch people, too. I don't, <laughs> don't know what you that forget. Is. <laughs> so, Adam, real quick, because it's a strong possibility that Adam Cole is AW confirmed. We should just do a real quick Adam Cole fantasy booking, if you'd like. Sure. You can go okay. first, though, because I got to think about it. Okay. So, if we're saying Adam Cole to AW confirmed, that means I would like to believe that he would be on with Omega, the Bucks, and everybody else. But... I would like to believe that he and Britt Baker would become part of a stable because they already have that Jamie hater and maybe they can pull in one more piece of talent and be another stable in AEW. I'd like that. But for his first match, I'd really like to see him go against someone who has uh, like a stronger tone than he does. Someone that's not, is not going to match up with him for his speed and his agility, but I want to, I want to see him take on a giant. Cause I think that'd be fun to see. So if you give him like a, an archer, I think would be fun. That would be a good one. Not so much Miro. Cause he's a little too stiff for me, but, uh, or like a Sean Spears would be really good. I think that would be fantastic. Be but cool. if I, if I really wanted to say to go in the opposite direction, his first match should be Sammy Guevara. <sighs> you're gonna take mine you didn't take mine sammy guevara and adam cole <laughs> could really bring the house down i think because sammy guevara is just 
just grown exponentially between the ropes. And Adam Cole is a seriously skilled wrestler. And those guys could knock the lights out of that place. So for mine, I, in NXT, I really liked Adam Cole's hardcore matches. He had a, I, you know, they're usually sloppy kind of like brawly matches, but his hardcore matches, including the street fight with uh, Kyle Riley, we saw this weekend were phenomenal. He, he can use weapons in creative ways that nobody else can. Um, so with that being said, it's a slam dunk for me that he faces John Moxley. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That'd be a cool fucking match. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, dude. And you can bring in. So then you bring down Britt Baker for him on the side. Then you have uh, Kingston on the side for Moxley and you can have all the best heels and Mike tacticians is kind of going after each other for promos leading up to it. You're good. I like oh, that. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah bro. So going on for something that's fun to go on and something that's complete stupid. Uh, Booker T, I just put in here, Booker T is an idiot. So uh, Booker T thought that the stage that Punk was given for his return was used to bash the WWE, which the Hall of Famer stated that Punk had struck out. He also made poor reference towards the fun spot of the ice cream bars. And uh, Booker T was accused of being biased due to being a WWE guy. However, Booker stated that while Punk's return was huge, his promo and segment were a quote unquote snooze fest. I don't know what version of Booker T what version Booker T was watching of this promo, but CM Punk was on fire. CM Punk came out to a raucous crowd and he said exactly what everyone wanted to hear. He didn't say the company directly, but he made references towards it. And that only sold him harder for the AEW fans. And the thing I like most about CM Punk's promo was I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for all the talent in the back. Yeah. He's going to be the crafty veteran that helps all the young guys get over like Christian cage is going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to hold titles too soon. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I think it was just a, it was either a company line being fed to Booker or it was a completely independent tone deaf take by Booker, uh, but I don't know which, but either way it's incorrect. Yeah. And I also got to call out uh, the guys on the podcast with him. Cause they were just like, yeah, Booker, you're totally right. Booker. Yeah. That's exactly what you guys are just marking out for Booker T and you should have picked someone stronger than Booker T to mark out for because he ain't it, bro. Uh, yeah, the spinner rune you can kiss my ass. Kane did it better. <laughs> <laughs> Kane did it. Kane did it. So going back to something we talked about before, uh, Becky Lynch demanded her heel turn at SummerSlam. So uh, originally they were saying they wanted her to come back as a baby face, but Lynch demanded that she come out instantly as a heel. We should all know that her uh, heel run as quote-unquote the man is heralded as one of the most significant female-led storylines in modern women's wrestling. So this request almost feels like a no-brainer. and It was great to see the WWE give her the space to do what she knows how to do best. However, I cannot disagree more with how she got a hold of that smackdown strap i love becky i hate how she got the championship sorry yeah it was awful yeah and uh, you you already heard my rant on it and uh i'll yes. stick by that that leads into bianca blair she got the shaft she got hoodwinked she got bamboozled she did not deserve any of how she lost her title um so adam had his opinion this is mine right now uh I believe I'm not alone thinking this, but how do you build up Bianca for five months? 
you give her a lights out match with Banks, which she made a lights out match because you don't just give someone a match with someone like Sasha Banks and just they're going to do great. Bianca was fantastic in that match and you let her get squashed by someone who's been gone for almost two years, two fucking years. And she drops that title in that fashion when you could have used all the momentum Bianca had and all the star power that Lynch had, and you could have taken your women's division and you could have skyrocketed it. You could have taken it and shot it past the moon and you failed to do it. Bianca is without a belt now. And she's the kind of champion who needs a belt to sell how great she is right now because she is still trying to get over. She's not Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks doesn't need a belt. Bianca Belair does because she's created title defenses, but you took that away from her. So unless you let them actually have it out, the whole Lynch and Belair thing, all you did was straight up Miz Bianca Belair. And I ain't cool with it. You see now, Raisin? <laughs> Speaking of that see now, Raisin, there's a significant overhaul of NXT coming with three weeks of pre-tape shows going off before the switch. So Nick Khan, no relation to Tony Khan, thank God, stated that NXT will no longer be a quote-unquote indie wrestling promotion. He further elaborated that their new talent will come from other places and not the independent scene, which we know saw the breakout stars that we see on the black and gold brand. Um, if you're trying to make this a WWE light, you're going to lose all the fans that make NXT possible. It's okay that you had three different brands and it's okay that NXT wasn't like Raw and SmackDown, but now you're trying to make it like Raw and SmackDown and you're going to lose all your fans. NXT was made to be mainstream indie wrestling where indie wrestlers who work their ass off on the indie circuit get a chance to be on national television. What are you doing? They're going to get a bunch of uh, sucky football players to try it out. Because, you know, that always works out. Yeah, where's Brendan Schaub? There's going to be a bunch of Brendan Schaubs out there just trying to lift cars and save kids. Congratulations, Brent. By the way, that was a cool story. He saved a bunch of kids from a car accident. So I shouldn't talk too much shit. <laughs> Josh Potter wouldn't have done the same. Yeah, Josh Potter, he would not have done it. He'd be like, oh, that's a terrible wreck, bro. <laughs> So speaking of a train wreck, there's a train wreck of rumors right now for one of our beloved wrestlers, Bray Wyatt, a.k.a. a Wyndham Rotunda. So we've we've kind of thought he was going to AEW for a long time now, but PWI reported that a conversation with higher ups in the AEW uh, promotion saw that these stakeholders had nothing in the works to bring Rotunda over to the elite brand. However, these rumors you shouldn't completely rule them out because they have been trying to save something up for a future pay-per-view or a significant show like all out or uh full gear. Those are, those are some of the promotions that are looking like they need a big pop, but I just read this morning that impact is really making a run for Wyatt and yeah, that, it actually makes the my most scoop. sense. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. Take your scoop away, but it's all right. You can read the internet too. <laughs> I can, uh, but if you really look at it and you look at the runs from Matt Hardy uh, and his deletion, broken Matt Hardy role and the turn of Jeff Hardy, you know, all those different things, the cinematic shows, cinematic matches, Rotunda could do really well there. He's very creative and he could really bolster impact. And also too, now I read that 
Braun Strowman, and there's somebody else too that's kind of slated to go to uh, Impact to try to bolster up viewers. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, but Rowan? right now, <laughs> possibly. It's right Eric Redbeard. Now, Rowan, Eric Redbeard. <laughs> which would be awesome. Uh, the Wyatt Family Reunion happens right there. Um, but I think Impact is trying to get past the 100,000 viewer line because right now they're they're not really competing with the bigger brands. But that's okay. I think Impact puts on a good show and they're trying to get better. But you got to be able to afford these guys and they're going to command a lot of money. So hopefully it works out for them. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what shakes out. Absolutely. Uh, I'm okay with uh, Mr. Rotunda going to either. Or any company. I just want to see him, see what he can do. Yeah, me too. And I'm actually pretty excited. If he signs with anybody, it, I mean, it's been clear from day one here when the forbidden door got open that if you are signed with Impact, you can wrestle on AEW and then New Japan and then, uh, you know, GCW. You can do whatever you want to do. So the world is yours, Mr. Rotunda. Go out there and make us happy again because that's what you did when you were the fiend and when you were the eater of worlds. I just want to see you be happy and make a little bit of cash and just do what you always do. And it's be creepy, horror, fucking crazy carnival clown shoes. Just do whatever you got to do. Freak me out, man. That's what I want. So speaking of freaking out, we got to freak out right now for some ads. Uh, People that support us, we support them. So if you support them, you support us. And if you support us, then we bring some cool stuff. So we'll see you on the other side. I know what you're thinking right now. How do I get the downstairs hair care I need to impress my partner? Well, the boys have a little something for you. That's right. You can take your grooming to the next level with the flagship of Smooth My Balls, the Turf Chopper 3.0. This pube-destroying trimmer uses stainless steel ceramic blade with micro-sized teeth to ensure you're covered by no-scrape technology. Yep. No cuts, no nicks, no bumps, no hair pulls, and no mishaps. And when those pubes go flying, you can call in the backups, the Pube Muncher 1.0, and Sack Mat to ensure cleanup is a breeze. All these devices can be used in wet or dry conditions, and they're compact for easy travel storage and have fast charging technology. Right now, our listeners can save 15% on their entire order by using our link, smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB. That includes free shipping to the U.S. That's right. So head on over to smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB and tell them the boys sent you. Welcome back. Hopefully you heard something that you like. Because again, when you support them, you support us. And when you support us, we get to bring you some cool stuff. So I threw it out to the Twitterverse. We had an, a, just an electric weekend of wrestling and i put it out there the age-old question wwe versus nxt versus AEW, and you guys came out and said that you're choosing AEW. 67 percent of you that's a big majority and i cannot blame you for that right now and then the other 33 percent of you went to nxt that means zero people went to wwe i love our listeners and i love that they voted this way because this is how I voted too. If I had to pick my my weekly viewing, it's going AEW, NXT, Ring of Honor, no WWE. <laughs> yeah. Impact. Jay yeah. Lethal is still real to me. Damn it. I love Jay Lethal. <laughs> so we lived 
in round one for a while, Adam, but we're in round two. And I hear that you have something mm, extraordinary in your glass. Let me know what it is. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Matt. I, I kind of broke into your genre here, but I have uh, Arche Brewing's Uncommon Grounds that they did with Windmill Coffee Beans. Uh, Arche Brewing is a wonderful brewery and eatery in Akron, Ohio. Um, this is a white stout that they added plenty of oats uh, for creamy texture and then let sit on windmill coffee beans from Akron's Nervous Dog Coffee Company. Uh, and it has wonderful flavors of almond and graham cracker. That sounds so fucking good. <laughs> and it's delicious. Uh, and a big thank you to our friends Alan and Elise for bringing this back from Akron for us. But Matt's not here this week, so it's for me. It's for Adam. <laughs> COVID be damned. It was Sorry. also a crowler can, so I had to crack it. So it, it was a crowd. It, it wouldn't have been good by next week. That's going to be my I excuse. I know. No, no. Go go get one of your kegs, throw it in there, carb it up. and <laughs> That won't oxidize at all. Not at all. Uh, if you want to find out what's happened with them, just search Uncommon Grounds on all social media. Or what was the name of the brewery? I'm so sorry. Arshay Brewing. Arshay Brewing. Check them out on all social media. Uh, I, got, I had a chance to... I, I actually searched the beer out and got to their social media. So Arshay Brewing. You can actually see what's going on in their brewery. Um, Ohio is really on the come up with all of their brew scene. And their food out there is amazing, too. I really like the food from out in Ohio right now. Yeah, yeah, especially that nor- northwestern, uh, sorry, damn compass, northeastern Ohio. That yes. Cleveland-Akron area really coming on strong. Super strong. Uh, eventually, whenever the world's not on fire and Papa Anderson doesn't have COVID anymore, maybe we can go out there and <laughs> actually live a life. So I brought something uh, that I've personally enjoyed. It's actually my second four-pack of this. I brought the the Mother Earth Brewing Co., the Kelly Creamin Nitro. So this is their vanilla cream ale, and they actually uh, it sold so well as just a as just a regular old can that they nitroed it. And and you know this about me, Adam. I don't like nitro beers that much, but this one actually is really good. I've been enjoying it. Uh, like I said, this is my second four pack of this. Uh, the flavors are on point. The ABV is somewhere around five point five, so it's nice and smooth. Doesn't really take over at all. Um, the color is on point. The smells are on point. The flavor is on point. It's a nice beer to have. Uh, I'll venture to say anytime. So thanks again to mother earth brewing co. And I actually get to run into the mother earth rep every once in a while in the little place I go to, and he'll always throw me like, if he sees me there, he'll throw me like a random can every once in a while. You just drink that. And the one time he threw me that like quad mint chocolate stout that I had Ooh. last year. Oh, dude. It was like Andy's candies and like rum or brandy. It was delicious. Oh, so good. I do have so, to say I'm um, jealous of your beer too. But that was over, and, over and, a year ago. And night well, and nitro beers, if it was supposed to be nitro works really well. What was the name of the beer again? It's the Callie Creamin. Oh, I follow her on OnlyFans. <laughs> yes, but she'll be flipping burgers here come October second. <laughs> nah, they 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 decided better of it. It's oh, staying they, put. Oh, they they retract their footsteps, huh? Yep, they like money. Oh, oh, good lord! Well, 
all you sweet men and women that are out there just flashing your goodies for five dollars a pop good luck to you i really wish i could have got faster service at burger king but hey that's just me so adam we have these delicious beers with us and since we spent so much time in round one how about we just go ahead and get to what the people really want to hear and that's listener question comments and what evs let's do it okay so adam did you love or loathe high school dances and why (laughs) aside from the one dance where i first met my now wife i loathe high school dances um just yeah just as awkward as you see in the movies for for me anyway uh i was a wallflower Went, hung out with my friends, couldn't wait for it to be over so I could just go play video games again. Um, yeah, really sucked, except for the, again, the, the one where I got a kiss from my wife. My first kiss, actually, was at a school dance. So other than that one, and the, and then we, like, it's not like we dated since then. We both <laughs> lived our separate lives and then came back and we got married as adults. But So um, are you telling me you went from kissing your now wife back then in high school? Like, you went from kissing her to high school dance and they're like, Oh, hey, listen, I know shit's gone weird for a while. You get married real quick? <laughs> no, no it, wasn't, it wasn't like that. What's we up, like got back. No, we dated again. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't like, hey, remember when I peaked in high school? Let's get married. Um, <laughs> I Frenched you once. I'm going to French yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, high school dances on the uh, all together were a loathe for me. High school dances for me were tough because I'm thinking of like the ones that happened like after like basketball games and football games and all that stuff. Like the the big formal ones weren't that bad. Like I had an okay time at prom. I had an okay time at like Cinderella ball, stuff like that. That was like more formal. That's not, but that's like you show up, you look okay in a suit that you couldn't afford if you were actually going to buy it and then whatever you go home. But I think of the ones that are like after the, the sporting events and i fucking hated them because Mm -hmm. i was in marching band all right so for me i was probably playing drums leading up to that thing like i was in the stands playing to the basketball games and i was in the stands playing for football games and stuff so i'm a huge sweaty guy now and i was a huge sweaty guy back then so all i'm doing is blasting out whatever the hell music there is on my drums and then there's like you're done okay okay go have fun now go see if you can talk to girls with sweaty armpits go ahead try it out uh <laughs> go drink some fruit punch with your terrible puberty bo <laughs> absolutely and let me just tell you right now it was me and another guy i played a snare drum and he played the quads those like the four drums that uh have mm-hmm. different tones to him and he and i both would just sweat like uncontrollably and we would both get done and be like oh yeah let's go talk to girls man it'd be great and i'm i could i remember like talking to a girl i dated in high school and i could feel the the sweat coming from my the top of my forehead and going down my nose and i was like so do you want to go out to a movie sometime (laughs) absolutely not want to go to denny's yeah you want to go to denny's and smoke (laughs) cigarettes i got i bought them on the low (laughs) so yeah actually on the flip side uh, for me, my best nights in high school were after the dance. Sometimes we would go to Kings and smoke cigarettes and drink coffee all night. Yes. Th- those nights at Kings were phenomenal. 
it kind of reminds me of the times where like and you do this too when you're playing in a band and you were like in that age range and you were done with the show and you would go to a place afterwards and hang out mm-hmm. those times to me were way better <laughs> than all the school dances <laughs> And it's never changed because now it's beer fest. Like I'll go to a beer fest and then everybody goes to a bar or brewery after. And it's like, yeah, this is the after party. Yeah. And so much more fun too. Cause then you're like, Oh, I have all your ideas and you want to talk freely with people. And it's just, yeah, that's a place to kind of reconnect after you do the thing that you kind of have to do, but it's still fun to do, but yeah. So Adam, speaking of fun things to do, if you could, what cartoon would you bring back for new episodes right now? So I was milling around a couple, but the easy and obvious answer for me was King of the Hill. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's a good one. Love that cartoon. I I watch it on Hulu all the time. Like, if there's just nothing on and I just need something to laugh at, I go to King of the Hill, Hulu. They got every freaking episode on there. Which is fantastic. King of the Hill was such a good show, man. Mike Judge was phenomenal. He's like that era, like never ending. Uh, oh, yeah, because Mike Judge like was on The Simpsons. He did stuff for Red and Stimpy. All, like, Beavis all kinds and Butthead. Of stuff. Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Um, so for me, actually, I just had it in my brain and I forgot about it. What the hell was I going to say? Oh, uh, sorry. Had to click back in. Because it's already come back once, and it was fantastic, and I want to see it come back again. Uh, Samurai Jack was one of my favorite oh. shows growing up. I really enjoyed it when it had its first run, and then when it came back again, I was like super nerding out at it. I was like more of an adult, so I could appreciate the the Testavarsky. I'm not saying his last name right, but his art is very blocky and very yeah. hyper color realistic. Um, love it. So uh, Samurai Jack was sick, man. The beats were dope. They always had like really cool like MCs and DJs and stuff make make the music for the background. And so I really fell in love too with that like kind of like violent, violent, but not so violent that my mom would be pissed off that I was watching it when I was a kid. So yeah, Samurai Jack for me for sure. And there's enough storyline there too where you could bring it back for something else. So you know, it'd be That's cool. That's a good one. I got. I- I got two honorable mentions, uh, as you know, of course, Matt. Aqua Teen Hunger Force should come back. Yes. But then another Adult Swim one that was super way, way, way too short-lived was the Oblongs. The Oblongs. Is that what you were thinking? I was thinking the Oblongs. I fucking love that show, dude. Oh, my God. I just always think, too, with uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, like, like, what's your name? It's like, Carl Bontanaluski. You just got to fucking say it. Something hard to say. It's on my IDs, Bontaluski. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, if I could see more Octane Hunger Force episodes, I'd be a happy camper. But of course, Adult Swim has moved in a different direction now. Uh, Family Guy is yeah. on rerun there now. But yeah, I digress. Uh, so it makes last- money. <laughs> last but not least, here, Adam. What is the best revenge you ever got on somebody that wronged you? I can't lie, Matt. I don't know if I like I've definitely thought of revenge, but I don't know if I've ever gotten revenge on somebody. So like to, I, like I'll think about it. Like I have voices in my head. They they counsel me. They understand. <laughs> they talk to me. They talk to me. But I never like. 
I never, there's never really a revenge execution. Just the voices in my head. So, despite the fact that you're channeling your best Viper, <laughs> you've never, you've never taken the time to RKO the fuck out of anybody. <laughs> no. If I meet Excalibur, I will execute. Funny enough. Yes, absolutely. But no, no. That's not so much revenge. That's just more like uh, deserved efforts. You know what I no, mean? No, yeah. I just kind of mull it over with the uh, with the voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They they, they talk, talk to me. To me. They <laughs> talk to me. So it's funny that we I was hoping I could sneak that through, and you just looking at me like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" I can't I, let it. I go. really wanted to sneak that by, and you not pick up on it. <laughs> You you do this thing when you're trying to do that. You put your fingers to your head. You sell it. You always because you never touch this part of your head until you're trying to put something by me. <laughs> so I sit here and Adam, you know about some of the revenge I've had on some people. And it's I'm not going to talk about some of those things here because some people might get some hard feelings. But I can say that one of the best things I ever did that makes me laugh all the time is I was able to, I have a relative that is very mm, not with it. He he still uses phrases and terms that are demeaning towards people of different backgrounds and cultures, creeds, colors. Uh, so I took it upon myself as, as I was in college when he was really going off the end about people that are gay and transitioning and really, you know, trying to find his Facebook science to demean them. I, I remember that I had his mailing address from times we'd send like Christmas cards and stuff to him. And I took it and I signed him up for the GQ magazine from Italy. Now (laughs) for listeners who don't know about the GQ magazine from Italy, it's gay porn. It's just really fucking hot dudes in super small underwear. And they have like the cum gutters that, that cut underneath the, the, the 12 pack. So I decided that old racist relative bigot motherfucker needed to get enlightened about the art of the GQ Italian magazine. So I would, I signed him up for a year's subscription to GQ Italian magazine uh, to, to enlighten him. I wanted him to understand the art of the body. Um, and I can only tell you that the times where I would go to family functions and he'd be like, who the fuck thought it was funny to sign me up for this gay ass porn. And I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I had so much fun doing it. I would do it again. Actually, you know what? When we're done with this podcast, I'm going to do it again. He'll Sign never back know it was me. He'll never know it was me. He hasn't listened to anything that isn't like fucking conservative radio. So he was like, definitely not going to listen to us. So I'm going <laughs> to sign it back up again. So ask this question again in about mm, a year. And I'm going to tell you. <laughs> when I the same answer. Posts. Oh, yeah. His Facebook posts get better and better as he gets more and more gay porn at his, <laughs> at his door. <laughs> so, well, I. It wasn't revenge, but I mean, I did all that stuff to our buddy Sean in college, but that was just like pranks. Like, yeah, he never wronged me in any way other than breathing. Yeah. 
was going to say, you, you, you just did stuff to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tried to powerbomb him through a pool table. Yeah. Uh, he has scoliosis, and I made the Shondy Canes for Christmas <laughs> where I just put his face on candy canes because he was a hunchback. And then I think my favorite was he was a criminal justice major. So, like, there's some pretty serious law classes you're taking. Through that. He didn't take them seriously, but to show up. Um, and I remember me and you jointly would open his laptop up, turn the volume all the way up. Well, how did we do that? I think we we just had to deal with it, but we put gay porn on yeah, with the volume all the way up, closed the lid. So it would mute. But then as soon as he opened it up in class, it would just, (laughs) (laughs) no, I remember doing it. And do you remember uh, Mr. DiCarlo? <laughs> the nicest man in the in the law department. Him and Reddington and McElwain were saints. Oh, bless all their hearts. They're 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 sent to us to to be angels for sure. And watching and we, watching we David DiCarlo's oh, face turn whenever Sean opened his laptop in criminal procedures made made me laugh, but then made me sad. <laughs> It well, and it wasn't. I mean, I don't want to spe- specify like gay porn's bad. Just any porn was funny because we also did like the really like uh, role play like uh, white supremacist chick getting yeah. railed by a big black cock and like all that stuff. So it would open up and it would just be like a girl screaming yes. the uh, n word yes. that nobody the big word uh, all over the place. Funny question, <laughs> which. I think that was the DiCarlo one. Like it yes. was just her going, "Oh my god, give me that big word, give me that big word." <laughs> yes, and it oh my that- god, I just we fell out. Like Cartman on the Warcraft <laughs> episode. Mom, it was so liquid bathroom. Bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I would believe that's not revenge, but it was, however, very funny, and I. I can't believe I forgot about those times, but guys, so good to revisit that stuff. So I believe Adam, like one of us said, I believe he got really mad at us for that Domino's one. And he was like, that was like really over the line. I was like, what, Sean? I just wanted to share to you what Domino's pizza does to my intestines. <laughs> and he's like, wasn't even, wasn't even say Domino's. It was a different word. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it wasn't Domino's. Like that was what there. he was mad about. Oh, you're, it wasn't Domino's. I remember being there and clearly saying, I was like, dude, she's clearly saying Domino's. Domino's, <laughs> Domino's, Domino's. <laughs> so, Adam, uh, right now, we are out. If you listen to this on Sunday, we are out there right now at the uh, the North Hills Homebrew Fest. But other than that, what's on tap and where can you find us? You got it. Just a heads up for everybody that came out. Thank you uh, ahead of time for coming out to the North Hills Brewfest. I'm sure we had a blast and had a bunch of drinks, and uh, I'm really happy to be back and serving. Um, but yeah, we on tap in the Jojitorium, we have the Brutal Kitty Cherry Basil Green Tea Ale at 4.9%. And we just tapped, if you don't get it at the North Hills Brewfest, we have Jojinator, the Honey Double IPA. Uh, this batch coming in at 8.6%, um, and it's really good. So it might not last long. I might drink all of my own supply here. Other than that, uh, September 19th, we will be doing Homebrew and Chill at the All Saints Brewing Company in Greensburg. And November 6th, 
drink the cookie table uh, at Spirit and Lawrenceville with Fuel by Hops. We are looking at a, maybe another festival coming up in October, uh, but details are still being hammered out. Uh, we'll let you know as soon as we know. Wonderful. And if you want to know what's going on with Adam down here in the Brew Lab, just follow him at Batch underscore Brew on all social media. That's Facebook and Instagram, sometimes Twitter. And you can follow him on Untapped as well. If you want to know what's going on with the boys, all you got to do is follow us at Bash. Oh, I almost gave your socials again. But anyway, follow him at Bash underscore Brew on all social media. But if you want to see what's happening with the boys, at the KNWTB on all social media, that's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Do not forget to send in your questions, comments, and whatevs to the KNWTB at gmail.com. And I can only tell you, as a guy who is now quarantined, get vaxxed, wear your mask, be, be confident with each other, and be complimentary of each other, because this sucks. And I love you guys. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. Well, so I like, remember too. Whenever uh, it was, we found the the German Scheiser porn. With it was like the priest and the nun, and she kept going Dominos, Dominos, and he like spreads his ass cheeks open and shits in her mouth. <laughs>